0: best laxative somebody's ever taken
1: well good morning welcome back to let's open the bible on this monday edition good morning gavin good morning it's russ with you this morning and i hope that uh you had a great service this past weekend and uh, that you were able to be in god's house serving and worshiping and praising him lifting your prayers and sitting under the authority of god's word being rightly divided i hope that happened at southgate i hope that happened in north lexington
0: well, I was not at North Lexington this so past then, yes, weekend. It so yes, I probably did. Yeah, they. I'm telling you, I, I watched the recording of it, and it was it was spectacular. It was so beautiful. Um, just a great church family we have over there. I, I really appreciated everything that I saw. Of course, it is not the same as being there, and I don't want to communicate that. But it was good.
1: Well. Um it's, it's, a, it's a great honor to be with you this morning, folks, as you tune in and listen, and whether it's uh, in the morning, in the afternoon, or the evening, wherever it is that you find this podcast and are able to, to listen to it. We've been talking about Advent over the last couple of weeks. We will again this week as we, as we talk about joy. Uh, and uh, as Gavin and I were talking earlier, uh, he kind of sarcastically said, Oh, joy, and I was reminded of a, of a lady, and I won't mention her name, uh, but, uh, her name is Becky and, uh, <laughs> uh, nobody knows Becky, but me, um, she has no friends. And so, uh, no, Becky, whenever, uh, something would come up at work, she would say, oh joy. And that's, uh, that's kind of a, that's kind of how we view uh, joy sometimes is it's kind of a snarky response to, uh, adverse circumstances or unpleasant things that are going on. But man, it's so much more than that, isn't it?
0: Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Much more than that.
1: Uh, So I'm going to read a passage from Psalm 144, verse 15. If you have your Bible and it's safe for you to turn there, go ahead and do that. And then I'm going to ask Brother Gavin, if he would, to kick us off with a word of prayer.
0: All right. You're going to read and I'm going to kick off, or you're going to kick off and I'm going to read?
1: If you'll kick us off with a word of prayer,
0: I'll read. (laughs) For those that are just tuning in. I just started tuning in. I mean, I'm I'm joining you now, though. I'm with you. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace again and again and again, not because we have to, but because we get to, and not because we can do it on our own, but because we need to be here, and ask you, the giver of every good and perfect gift, to do that which will not happen if you don't act. And so, God, I do trust, especially as we, as we look into joy, I do trust that we, that is not something we can manufacture on our own. Uh, we can place uh, our, our uh, feelings and our, even our happiness in fleeting pleasures. But God, if we want that abiding happiness, that abiding pleasure, that abiding joy, it can only be found in you, and it can only be found by the work of your Holy Spirit in us. Would you please do that work today? Would you please do that work this Christmas season? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you for that, brother. So again, Psalm 144, verse 15 says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And and uh, interestingly, um, the New King James, which I just read, is happy. In the uh, extra special version, it says, "Blessed are the people, who to whom such blessings
0: fall. Blessed are the people, whose God is the Lord." Why is that? Why is that important uh, that we allow for happy and blessed and uh, joy to intermingle? Maybe. I mean, and I don't want you to say anything you don't agree with, but w- w- why do you think that it's okay that we use words like happy and joy and
1: so for um, the simple fact that words, while they do have meaning, context, context matters, and uh, so the same word, the same Hebrew word here that's being def- defined or used as happy in one translation is being used as blessed in another, uh, I think those two words are, are closely related in their, in their meanings. Uh, again, they come from the same Hebrew uh, word that's being translated into those words, which tells me that they are close. Uh, if you look in any dictionary, there are multitudes of definitions in, for many words. Uh, and so I'm comfortable. Context. Yeah, yeah, context yeah. matters. And so in the extra
0: special version, they're, they're, cho- they're just making a decision. They're, right. They're so, deciding on blessed. Well, for me, I, I think we naturally drift towards, this is this is where I am, where we naturally drift towards saying there's a distinction between joy and happiness. Happiness is something momentary and fleeting, situational, and joy is something that's lasting and abiding. Um, well, and that's
1: kind of what we talked about before. You and I, you... You and I approach things similar and different, and this is one of those cases where, you know, I pretty much just said, well, you know, that's how I interpret that. I mean, when I teach, you know, I talk about happiness is related to circumstances. Joy is related to our eternal reality, the future hope that we have in Christ. Uh, But uh, you you have a much longer expression to uh, (laughs) arrive at the same conclusion, so why don't you just go ahead and blab on?
0: Uh, well, uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I think that that may be a helpful category, at least to recognize that um, that we can place, and we're going to get there tomorrow. We can place our joy, our our pleasure, our happiness in the wrong thing, and right. it is fleeting. It Absolutely. is gone. And then there is disingenuous joy. So people rejoice over things that that's joy. People rejoice over things that are that are it's wrongly placed uh, affection, wrongly placed joy. Um, b- but for me. Uh, and I want to say that Aristotle um, kind of spoke in into that biblical era, right? And Aristotle would have a, and Aristotle is not saved; he's no friend of Christianity. But all, tr- I believe, all truth is God's truth, and if it's true, uh, it, it's a reflection of God. Not that you know Aristotle would have stumbled upon it, um, uh, but but I, I do believe it still would be true. So Aristotle had a word that he called eudaimonia, right? It, it means good, the you. and liter where we get the word demon but good spirit um and and what he believed that was m- like a better translation better understanding of that would be happiness or welfare and maybe even a more deep understanding of that uh eudaimonia would be uh, human flourishing prosperity and blessedness and he had this idea that a young man doesn't even know what he's what he's looking for what's what what is happy what is joy what he doesn't he has moments of glee and giggles but but he doesn't it's only an older man when he looks back at his life and he reflects does he see those things that gave him that good life that quality life this an older man reflecting and and so and i'm going to really grossly reduce what aristotle taught um not that i even fully understand it but that i don't have the time to explain it right now so i really i really boil these down to the good life the happy life the happiness that that he was pursuing would be that which got him his what he what was virtuous, the excellence of of Aristotle, that virtuous life, the excellent life, the you know, uh, and that which was uh, valuable. So what took him to his value, and he would call that a telos. What was his purpose, his, his goal? Goal, yeah. yeah. In in life, and so um, as a Christian, we would we would certainly have a very different telos than than Aristotle did. But I say this this because I've been there before. I've been I, you know I went to Penn State. I've been around people that are like, this is the best night of my life. You guys are awesome. This is amazing. And it they they were they were engaging in libations and other things that were destructive. And a lot of times, when you look back at those things, you just lament, "What was I thinking? What was I doing?" Yeah, that's fleeting pleasure, fleeting happiness, fleeting joy. They were rejoicing. And all the wrong things, and and it didn't lead them ultimately. At least I hope it didn't lead them to what they were, what they valued, and what was virtuous. And so I'd, I I kind of go with the Aquinas that that telos would be, would be ultimately ends up in God, in the person and work of Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's our goal, right? And everything else is giggles. Everything else is a gleeful moment. I don't care what words you use. It, it's just destructive and leads you away.
1: So you're saying there that our joy is the pursuit of the goal.
0: Um, a happy life, a joyful life, the joy that you experience will always be that which. So so Paul says weird things like we, we rejoice in our sufferings. Right? How, can, how in the world can you rejoice in your sufferings? Because it's it's taking me to Jesus, it's causing me to trust in Him, it's causing me to depend on Him. You know, like in in, in 2 Corinthians chapter one, he says we were burdened to the point we despaired even of life, but that was to get us to trust not in ourselves. And 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 any time that I learn to trust in Jesus more, to to depend on Him more, to see Him as great and glorious and good, I'll rejoice in that. Um, you know, when He prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed, He said, you know, and He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. And, he, and, and then he goes on to a weird thing. For my strength is made perfect in me some weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Because I have a telos, I have a, a goal and a purpose that these little afflictions have nothing, they cannot stop me. So it's an, I know I've brought this up on the podcast before, but it's an interesting dynamic between 2 Corinthians 1 and 2 Corinthians 4. In 2 Corinthians 1, he was burdened to the point he despaired even of life. He was in this, I mean, he don't. I don't want you to be ignorant. It's bad. And then in 2 Corinthians four, he goes, "This momentary light affliction, well, how does that happen? Oh, it's taking me to Jesus, right? It's the goal. This momentary light affliction is preparing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison." One of the things I really appreciate
1: uh, about Gavin, if you're listening to this, is he and I say the same things. He just does a it, his is a much longer, more articulate explanation. <laughs> but but that's helpful. It's it's helpful sometimes because you're unpacking. The short aspect of what I say, because being concise isn't always beneficial if somebody doesn't understand how that works itself out. You do a much better job than I do of unpacking uh, a short statement in a way that helps everyone understand what I said much better.
0: Have you ever heard of the economy of words, right? So basically you're driving a Tesla. And I'm driving a A Lincoln. (laughs) I'm driving an 18 wheeler. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, So um, just, just so maybe you can benefit from another person's point of view when we discuss joy, the point of today is just to to discuss what is joy in this Advent season where uh, joy is something we're focusing on right now, particularly Okay, so um, one pastor writes, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul, the next part is really big, produced by the Holy Spirit as he, the Holy Spirit, causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. I'll read it again and then um, I I want Russ to just touch base on the Holy Spirit maybe and then um, so... Uh, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as He causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. And I and I don't mind giving credit that that's a Piper, I'm a John Piper. Uh, that that's his he is definition so good. of joy.
1: Man, he's got so many good quotes.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and there are a lot of good pastors out there that, that preach truth. I, you know, we we certainly don't venerate any one person, but if it is helpful, I don't want to not use it. And if it is helpful and we use it, we should attribute it to somebody. So yeah. No, I think so that's Holy good. Spirit holy spirit just touch base why did he have to add the holy spirit
1: well i mean we're we're called we're we're called by paul in in galatians to to walk in uh be led by and keep in step with the holy spirit right the holy spirit always and always is always like there's never a time when the holy spirit does not point us to christ always which as we have said uh is our goal, our, yeah. our Telos. The,
0: the Holy Spirit he will take what is mine and declare it unto you right He will He will guide you into all truth absolutely yes. and you will not so so my distinction again, let me, let me make this clear. So a lot of people's distinction is the difference between happiness and joy. And the distinction there is happiness is situational and temporal, uh, you know momentary. And then joy is that eternal. I don't make those distinctions, but I do make the distinction between genuine and disingenuous. So again, with the with the, uh, a similar idea with love, Paul says, "Let your love be genuine." So there's a disingenuous love, where it looks like love, it's just not of God, and therefore it's not love, yeah. right? There's a there's a pleasure and a joy and a happiness that looks a lot like the the pleasure and joy and happiness of a Christian, but it's not of God. Therefore, it's not abiding. It will all be taken away from you. And so we the, the Holy Spirit, he must do that work in us to give us that genuine, I don't care what, I personally don't care what you call it, that genuine happiness, that genuine joy, that genuine eudaimonia, that that genuine, what was it, pleasure. Yeah. Let your joy be genuine. Get on your knees and pray, God, give me a joy that I cannot explain causing me to rejoice in my sufferings, not, not, not for suffering's sake, but because I'm, I'm growing in my love and affection and knowledge of you. So that's when joy is genuine. T- when it takes us to God. And that's yeah. why I did bring up that maybe helpful Aristotelian happiness, maybe just distracting because, because I do want us to get this idea of we're going like all of the things in our life are producing something in us. That's good. And if we're going in the right direction, that is that, is that uh, joy, happiness that we want.
1: So as, as the podcast gets a little larger in terms of, of people that are aware of it and, and listening, we, you know, we don't know where people are spiritually speaking. Um, the pursuit, the directionality of our, our, of our walk with the Lord should be towards holiness. As in, in kind of to, to what we're speaking here of, as we're, as we're pointed towards Christ— we are in pursuit of Christ, and and that is the genuineness of joy. That's where the genuineness of joy is found. It's not in trinkets or things; it is in the pursuit of Christ.
0: So, so I, I and I do want to just pull back for a half a second. So, let's acknowledge what Russ said. Hebrews twelve fourteen: Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Like we're to strive for holiness, but if you're not careful in striving for holiness, you'll become a Pharisee. So he correctly, rightly, and I want to make sure that this is emphasized, we're in relationship with the King of glory. We are pursuing him. He is our goal. He is our treasure and our great reward. He is our virtue. He is our righteousness. The Bible tells us that. Christ, our righteousness. He So so everything that Aristotle misplaced, we want to replace in, in, in the Godhead. That's where we're going. Because if you start pursuing righteousness first, you end up a Pharisee. Right. Yeah, this is not about it. works. If you start pursuing uh, pleasure first, uh, e- even Aristotle said that you can misplace your your seeking of, of joy and happiness. Sometimes it's riches. Sometimes it's prosperity. Sometimes it's a big ministry. Sometimes it's to be the most well-known Bible teacher in the world. If you pursue pleasure above God, you'll end up in a bad place. If that That's why I keep warning about pursuing suffering. If you pursue suffering above Christ, you end up a, as an, an ascetic. You end up with someone just suffering for the sake of suffering. So, so
1: two things I just want to point out. Um, Jesus said that we are known by our fruits, um, that a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a, bear, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. We are known by our fruits. Uh, and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. So we are known by these things as followers of Christ. The other thing he said is, is if you love me, obey my commands. Yep. To pursue Christ, to have Christ as our goal, um, to be genuine in that requires a few things. One, obedience, obedience to His commands. And one of the things that that just, it sort of gets me a little bit, are the folks that live wholly and entirely absent from any semblance of any kind of faith throughout the week, and then they show up on a Sunday, sometimes when they get around to it, looking to get something from God. That is not the scriptural view of what joy looks like or what joy produces. If we're going to serve Christ obediently, faithfully, pursuing Him, there are just some things that, that our lives should be marked by. One is assembling for corporate worship for the right reasons, which is to worship Him, to praise Him, to, to you know, lift our prayers to Him. It's not about what we're getting from God. It's what we're giving, which is our praise and our adoration, uh, our lives should be marked by uh, being in his word. Uh, they, our lives should be marked by helping the needy. Our lives should be marked by spending time in prayer. All of those, we see the the model in Christ, all of those things. And so it is not just a sometimes we do this when we get around to it type of thing. And what we're talking about is finding joy in Christ as he is our goal to to strive to be Christ-like in our lives. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul modeled all of these attributes.
0: Sure. And so so I think we're saying exactly the same thing. Um, I just want to make sure that anybody listening doesn't think that if you start out by going, okay, I'm going to read my Bible and help the poor, as opposed to I have been washed by the blood and I have a relationship with Jesus Christ that I want to press into, you'll end up with a wrong goal. Right. Right. Okay, so so you, all of the fruit—it's an overflow of our relationship with Christ. It is a work of the Spirit inside us that produces these things. The internal journey that the, the Spirit is producing these fruit in us. And and by the way, sometimes you're you're pressing into Christ and uh, through his word and through prayer and through these other things, you're pressing into Christ, learning about him and loving him more and, and just enjoying that relationship that you have with him. And you'll start noticing fruit that's born that you didn't even, I mean, unintentional fruit. Yeah. Um, and then there's an interesting thing uh, in the book of Third John in verse four, uh, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Yeah. Like there's there's joy produced in us by the Holy Spirit. There's joy produced in others that watch us as they see us walking in the truth. And there's joy for us as we look at people that we maybe God has used us to influence their life, and we see their holy them walking in holiness. Amen. Right. So there's just joy all around. It's 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 multiplying. It's reproducing. It's there. Uh, being a Christian is a joy replete life.
1: Yes. Amen. Well said. Uh, Well, this is a great place to uh, stop for the day. I think this is all the time we have. Listener, I hope that you'll continue to open your Bibles. We continue to open ours. And until we see you tomorrow, be blessed and bless someone else. Take care.